Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Here's Favors driving to the rack. He's going high. He's going to take all the eggs and all the bacon on that one with a left-hand dribble drive to the rim. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz, a Thursday Facebook Live edition coming your direction. We'll look at what the numbers say about where the Jazz are going. A little discussion about trade deadline and where the Jazz had some news around the NBA and your questions. All coming up on a Thursday edition of Facebook Live, Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Welcome to... Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We do this podcast for you each and every morning. Uh, we bring it to you usually about 15 to 30 minutes, the latest on the Utah Jazz and what's happening in the NBA from the eyes of the, of the Utah Jazz. You can subscribe on iTunes, uh, your Android, wherever it is you want to catch the show uh, along the way. Locked On NBA is our national podcast. We've got great season, mid-season reports on all of the Eastern and Western Conference teams. The final one will be posted uh, shortly after I'm done with this uh, for you. So make sure uh, you subscribe to that podcast as well. Really glad to have you if you, if you get a chance to uh, tune into that. Today's show uh, is brought to you by Shamrock Auto Group. It's a Thursday edition of Locked on Jazz and Shamrock Auto Group are the guys uh, that bring it to you. I'll tell you a little bit more about Shamrock as we proceed through the program. Each day we open up our program the exact same way. We do pins across the world. It's your story of how you became an NBA or a jazz fan and where it is that you tune in and listen to the show. And today, Sean Wang says, I'm in Sydney, Australia, and I'm 30 years old. I'm a huge Utah jazz fan. Since the start of the Boozer and Darren Williams years, I was in the university. I was the management coach for an amateur rugby team for two years. I was drawn to the jazz because of the as a pseudo GM of my own team, I came to appreciate the amount of work by putting together a team with cohesive skill sets and personalities and how in most sports, an elite back office usually leads to consistent long-term on-field success. I'm a huge fan of Kevin O'Connor. So I believe he's a top four NBA GM and I think his drafting history is underrated. Uh, his deal on, and his deals to get Okor and Boozer uh, accelerated the rebuild further. I loved your interviews with Kevin. They were insightful and colorful. Do you remember the interview you had with Kevin the week before he traded Darren Williams? Uh, no. Wonder if he said something. Uh, I couldn't believe my luck when in 2012 the Jazz managed to get Dennis, uh, the guy who drafted George Hill and Kawhi Leonard, as Kevin's successor. It was like we signed the back office equivalent of LeBron, Durant, Curry, and Dennis drafting decisions and signing a Quinn as Warren at the height. If you have a chance... Can you please ask Dennis the following question? As a GM with a stellar draft history, does it make it harder to make draft trades in the future? Because by virtue of Dennis willing to put a generous heap of assets for, say, a 17th pick given his history, does that in itself become a signal to other GMs uh, that they may have undervalued the pick and make them demand more assets so they don't end up with egg on their face like Indiana and Denver did? That's an interesting question. That is from Sean Wang in Sydney, Australia. 
for those of you that are new to Locked On Jazz, this show started about five years ago. And uh, what it is is simply we kind of sit and hang out and talk basketball. I drink some coffee. That last one was an emergency, but this is a coffee. And we chill. On Thursdays, you get to ask me questions. So if you have some questions you want to ask, please do. I'll head to the Facebook where people have already hopefully asked questions. All right, I wanted to run through some numbers things to start the show. Where are we projected? 538 projects the Jazz to win 52 games and end up being uh, fourth in the West above the Clippers who are 51 wins. Uh, What's interesting about it is the Thunder come in at 47 wins for six. So it almost feels, if you read theirs, that like barring something crazy, we're going to be at least five. Probably feels that way, but uh, they have the the Thunder at six with forty seven, Grizzlies at seven at forty three, and the Blazers at thirty seven, tied with Denver for eight. Kind of out there a little bit. Uh, not no, I mean not like nothing wrong with that. Um, the uh, but I, the moreover, just kind of the idea that the eighth team is going to end up with thirty seven wins uh, along the way. Uh, in the ESPN projections, they have us at 51 wins with the Clippers at 54, Oklahoma at 46. Kind of just sitting there at five. Numbers Fire has us at 49.2 wins. Clippers at 51.9. Thunder down at 44. They're always a little lower. Rockets at 54. Kind of the takeaway I have here is that it feels as though uh, five is kind of the, we're, we're playing at five and see if we can work our way up, and it's, it seems pretty unlikely we're working our way down. That's what jumps out to me uh, here in this at this point. Here's our stretch. This is interesting. 538's projections on your chances of winning, percentage of winning a game, and, um, and realize, like, it doesn't mean you actually win, but... Uh, so, for example, the Dallas game, 538, gives us a 69% chance of winning. Indy at home the next night, 81%. By the way, there's still, with those two numbers, 69 81%, there's still a 45% chance you lose one of those two games. Right? Like, just make sure you you understand that the chances, you know, of winning both those games, even though the odds are in your favor, are actually about even. The next one they have is Oklahoma City at 73%. The chance of of winning... You know, all of those games gets even less. You just, you know, there's there's a 33% chance you're going to lose, a 19% chance you're going to lose. They, they eventually all kind of play in and get you. So don't misunderstand. It just means we're favored. There's there's actually, by the there's a 60% chance we lose one of our next three. Then we head to Denver, which is the one game between now and All-Star break in which 538 has us at below 50% chance to win. That's at 45. Lakers, 92%. Memphis, 79%. Milwaukee, 82%. Charlotte, 79%. At Atlanta, 50%, so even. At New Orleans, 54%. At Dallas, I think that's a 56%. Home against Boston, 71%. Lakers, 75%. Portland, 81%. So if we're going to make our run, we have to do it now. 
absolutely right now is the time. Hopefully Rodney gets healthy somewhere in this process, but this has to be done now. That's what that's what jumps out to me uh, more than more than anything else. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Shamrock Auto Group. I was talking to Rob Taylor the other day, and I just wanted to find out more about Shamrock Auto Group. So I asked him kind of, well, where did it all come from? What's the backstory? Backstory is that Rob's always been a car collector, longtime car guy. And he was looking for a car. He went into a shop to a car dealership, knowing exactly what he wanted. He wanted to buy the car, get a lot. Next thing you know, they're sitting him down. They're offering him. They're, they won't give him the price right away. They're doing all this other stuff. And he ends up walking out without purchasing a car. He figures, well, that just was bad luck. He goes back in. Same thing happens. He says, forget it. We're changing the way we're doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm opening a dealership. We're changing. It, it, it's basically the story. I mean, there's a little. So that's the concept behind it. So, you know, if, if you go to Shamrock Auto Group, well, he's going to guarantee you get out the door pricing in five minutes. If you want to test drive a car, you're going to do it by yourself. You're going to have your buying experience in under an hour. You're going to have full service financing in-house, extended warranties in-house, so that you can make sure that none of those experiences that he has happens. So what what kind of cars are we talking about? Well, this is what makes Shamrock kind of cool. One is generally think about the Utah County assault vehicles, right? So a lot of SUVs, a lot of big Escalades, a lot of big, you know, some of those kind of transit truck, a lot of, lot of that. But here's the cool one. Rob's business at Shamrock Auto Group has been largely based on return guys, people that and so Rob can just go get you what you want. You know, that's where he loves that relationship where he's built it. Now, I understand for you, like, well, why would you trust that, that you know, Rob Taylor's this great guy? Okay, just go check it out for yourself. 801-319-2250. 801-319-2250 is, is Rob's number. He's down in Pleasant Grove. Per, hey, people drive from out of state to get the deals that they have at Shamrock Auto Group in Pleasant Grove. So why don't you take a little trek down if you're in the market to buy a car or a truck. That's Shamrock Auto Group, sponsor of our Thursday edition. Uh, a few NBA notes. Last night was wacky, and Rudy Gay, uh, Achilles tendon injury. Sounds as though, um, I mean, sounds as though he's done, which is just awful. He's a free agent. And it kind of, I think, kills the Kings' chances. He, they were good when he was on the floor. Uh, eliminates the Kings, puts the Kings probably in the sell mode. Might put DeMarcus Cousins on the trade market. Who knows? Uh, the Kings are a game and a half out of Denver for that eighth playoff spot. Denver has won three in a row. They hold that eighth playoff spot right now. Portland's a game back. New Orleans a game and a half. Dallas. Dallas is interesting to me, by the way. They're three and a half back, and Minnesota's only four back. Like, which of these teams do you think is most capable of going on a five-game run, winning eight out of ten? That's probably going to separate Denver, Portland, New Orleans, Sac, Dallas, Mini. That's, I kind of sometimes think that's Dallas. They've won three in a row. They play tonight in Miami. Uh, the um, So anyway, that is big news. Uh Last night was weird. Just the games all went the opposite way of what you thought would happen. So, uh, sometimes there's nights in the NBA. 76ers beat Toronto. 76ers won like 7-9. Washington beat the Grizzlies. Grizzlies lost another close game. They're coming back the, the regression of the mean. The Hornets beat the Blazers 107-85. That's just bad by Portland. 
And Boston lost at home to the Knicks. Derrick Rose had 30 against Isaiah Thomas. And the Pelicans uh, won last night 118-98 to against Orlando, who's a bit of a mess. Uh, but it's interesting to watch. Buddy Heald is playing well. They've gone to Solomon Hill and as the four and playing. Anthony Davis is the five, or Solomon Hill, you know, however you want to view it. There's some things going right. Tyreek Evans coming off the bench. There's some things right going on in, in New Orleans right now. Uh, they're playing really good defense. Alvin's figured out how to get them to play defense. And then it's worth noting what the Warriors are doing right now. The Warriors have now beat two back-to-back good teams by 20 points. Like It's kind of getting silly all of a sudden. They're becoming what we thought they would be. All right, those are my primary things I had today. Um, there's been a lot of questions asked to me about some trade deadline stuff. Probably delve into it a little bit more. I mean, I think the it the fact for the Jazz is they have 15 roster spots. So if they trade somebody, it's got to be, one, someone they don't plan to have long-term. Two, it's got to be for someone who they think is better, maybe that they could have long-term. Um, the only question is whether you have guys you know who are not going to be on your roster a year from now and whether or not you move them just to get a second-round draft pick or get something for them so that you're just kind of building up your assets a little bit. Um, that We have two first rounds next year. We have two first rounds the next year after that. Uh, those salaries will become incredibly important to the Jazz as uh, as they have to start paying Gordon and Rudy and George or Derek or whomever else, all the other people they're going to have to pay. Uh, as they pay those players, uh, it's going to become incredibly important that you have rookie contracts that are small that are able to uh, contribute. Those those are going to become even a, a bigger deal. Uh, all right, let's run out to the questions that have come my direction. Uh, I'll try to do both. Uh, by the way, I don't know if anyone heard it on ESPN last night. Thanks to Doris Burke for the shout-out of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thought that was kind of kind of cool. Uh, all right, let me see if I can find my little thing, which told you. Um, well, I can't find it. Where's my little thing I tweeted out yesterday? It said, here it is, 23 comments coming in. Some of the same people. Appreciate you guys. Uh, do you think George Hill will sign an extension? So I think the Jazz will make an effort. they got to decide, really, to some extent, if they're giving it to George or Derek. I don't think that decision is made. Talking to George the other day, he's in the midst of changing agents. Sounds like he's he's searching. I asked him if he had an agent. He didn't have one. Said he was searching around um, a little bit. So I I don't know if that's a great sign for the Jazz because a new agent probably feels a huge obligation to go get the biggest possible deal there is. And I'm not sure the biggest possible deal there is is an extension with the Utah Jazz. Talking to George earlier this year. George has never been a free agent before he signed an extension. Prior, I think there's some eagerness to being a free agent on his part. I think the next step is also trying to figure out uh, from his standpoint whether or not you, you know, whether or not there's really that many spots out there uh, by which he can jump aboard and and find successful situations. Alexander, what are the odds? I love the fact that we're like completely every question I'm getting is off-season. It's like it's it's an interesting. I don't. I think it's interesting. Like we're in the midst of a great season. We've won five, four in a row, five or six. We want no off season questions. I don't. It just tells you a little bit about just kind of how it works. Al, what are the odds of the Jazz re-signing Joe Ingles, and how much uh, would he sign for in free agency? I, I I think he's working himself to a four year thirty two, four year forty. I don't know. Maybe that's crazy. I don't know. I think there's gonna there's some buyer's remorse. 
around the league for the amount of money that was spent in the offseason. I think things will calm down. Um, I think things will calm down a little bit uh, in this upcoming year. Um, so, But I do think Joe's going to get paid. Uh, I think he'll get a three- or four-year deal. I think he'll make a lot of money. Um, I think if we re-sign Gordon, it improves the chances of Joe coming back. They're pretty close, and I think Joe likes it here. I think Renee likes it here, and I think Renee likes Robin. Um, I don't. I just kind of have a feeling. So uh, I think that there's. I think that would help. Um, but I. I do think this is Joe's one chance to get paid. So I think it might be tough. How far do you? I mean, this is the last time we're seeing this team as it's constructed. Make sure we understand that. So I would enjoy it. Uh, how far do you think the Jazz will get in the playoffs? Do you think they could go to the West Finals? Well, if they're the three seed or the six seed, doesn't sound like they're gonna be a six seed. Uh, if they can get to the three seed, then you got to get through San Antonio to get to the West Finals. And if you are the four seed, you have to get through Golden State. So I think the West Finals seems awfully difficult uh, for a franchise and a team that has never won a game that it has to win. And and take a minute and go look at Boston and Toronto and teams of similar ilk and. Uh, what it took for them in the playoffs. Or go back and look at Stockton and Malone. <clears throat> it, you don't just jump to the Western Conference Finals. How do you think the Jazz need to reach the next level other than obtaining a superstar, which is almost impossible for Utah? Blessings from Australia. I mean, I think they may have their superstar in Rudy Gobert defensively. Uh, and maybe that's maybe that's your chance, is that Rudy is a defensive superstar and you couple enough good offensive players with him and you win a lot of games. Will Rudy ever give us the salute again, or was Quinn too upset with him the last time he did it? Well, I, I, last time Rudy did the salute, he didn't get back on defense, and they dunked on the other side. Um, so that's the last time we've seen it. You know, at some point you may have lost the right to do it. We'll see if we see it again. How do you think AB? How good do you think AB can be? Uh, I don't know. I don't have any idea on it, Alec Burks. Uh, partially because I don't even think I knew who he was as a player under Quinn Snyder when he got hurt. Right? You understand what I'm saying? That like he was trying to evolve into a player that matched Quinn's system and played with Quinn, and I don't know if he ever got the chance. And then the second one I would say is he's never played with a stretch four, so I've never seen him play on an open court. So it can go both ways. <clears throat> I, I don't know. Um, I really don't know. Um in that regard, Doug Johnson on the live just dropped in. Uh, what has Alex been been throughout his career? Mostly mainly positive or negative. Actually, mostly negative, I think. Um, the Jazz have generally been negative uh, when AB has been on the floor over the years. Now, that's a little unfair uh, because the teams were pretty bad for many of those years, right? So it's not the, the, the greatest uh, translation to kind of put that on Alec that that is there have been very uh, limited stretch where the team has been good with Alec on the floor okay and then you got to dig a little little deeper into whether or not that's fair so for example I'm going to pull him up right now in 2015-16 which was the first half of last year before he breaks his leg um, is pulling up for me right now and my memory is that he, they were a little less good when he was on the floor it's taking you know six years for it to pull up I'm on a I'm actually on a slow site, so this is actually on on me. It's on a backroom NBA site that uh, most people don't use or 
actually have access to, or actually, no, I actually don't have access to. Um, and so it's not built for the uh, speediest. All right, 2015-16 with AB, uh, we were minus 0.8 when he was on. We were plus 2.4 when he was off. Okay. You know, he played with the bench. Yeah, you could probably overlook that a little bit. But that's, the, the interesting one is the offense was really poor when AB was on the floor last year. It was 100.7. Um, and and so you know that's the that's kind of one of been the common threads is as as dramatic and uh, exciting as AB has been the offenses have not been great when he's on the floor. In twenty fourteen fifteen, I think it's somewhat of a, a similar story. Twenty fourteen fifteen. Let me look it up. Make sure I'm right. I want. Uh, we were minus seven uh, with AB on the floor and plus two point three with him off. Uh, and that's you know, but that's not a great. That's a thirty-eight and forty-four team um, that I think makes the run after AB's hurt. Right? Uh, Ennis comes back. Ennis gets traded in that year, and AB is hurt by that point. And so, uh, it, that again, that no, none of these numbers to AB always feel fair. Like they're there. I think they're too. Consistent to ignore, but I don't think they're fair. Because that one is, then he doesn't play any minutes with Gobert as the center. He plays all the minutes with Canner as the center. I don't know. Well, I mean, time will tell. But I have no idea what he's going to be as a player. Uh, what Jazz players are tradable, and are there any logical trades for the Jazz to pursue? You know, um, I mean, you just got to kind of look at the contract situation on the guys. So, you know, Neto I actually find very untradeable. He's got a very small contract for next year. Shelvin Mack and George Hill are both um, free agents, and so I think Neto's pretty valuable on your roster next year. You know, so you kind of have to look at it, suddenly look at that. Um, Joe Ingles is probably tradable. You're not certain if you're going to re-sign him, but why would you possibly want to trade Joe Ingles? Uh, so you probably don't trade Joe Ingles because he has incredible intrinsic value to this team. He fits beautifully. He does all sorts of things of that nature um, to to what's going on. Derek Favors <coughs> is probably very tradable. Great contract. People would love to have him, but why would you trade him? Like we have 48 minutes of awesome rim protection right now. So it's a I I don't see a lot of room for the Jazz to make a lot of deals. Um, and even, you know, Shelvin's the obvious one everyone's talked about all year because we have four point guards and he's a free agent at the end of the year. But uh, unless Dante and Howell Neto really are playing well enough that you're certain you're okay there, you know, I don't know what you're trading. You're not trading Shelvin for anything that's going to get you anything of the value of Shelvin. Are the Clippers sellers now with a CP3 injury? Uh, will they still be a threat come playoff team? Uh, I think they're still a huge threat. They still have four of the best players. I, I would suspect they fall into the board category. Um, and I think the chances are we're going to see a Jazz Clipper 4-5 or five series, and it would be really nice to have home court advantage against that experienced team. <clears throat> That's why I think four is going to be really important for the Jazz. But I do. I think we're heading, every indication is we're heading toward a Jazz Clipper 4-5 first-round playoff series uh, with the winner then playing Golden State. And you can bet they have great experience, know how to get through that playoff series, and, you know, really we match, both match up very, very well with each other. How come our offense... And decline, has declined. Is it guys used to the new? Is it getting guys used to the new roles? Other teams learning the Jazz are doing, or is it the ebb and flows of the season? Um, I think something. One part of it is I think people have taken away the Rudy role a little bit. They've taken that aspect away of who we are. 
Um, Rodney was in a slump there for a while, and he's pretty important to this team. Uh, and the turnovers are way down. Uh, I actually would have to look at a number. I wouldn't mind scanning to see because um, our de- our offense was pretty good against Detroit. So I- I'm not sure. It might have also just simply been a case of not having George Hill. And now that you've had, let me just check. Oh, George Hill back for him, and we're averaging 102 points and shooting 45% from the field and 39% from three in the last five games. So I, I don't actually – I better make sure the premise of your question is is accurate. Um, you know, we're ranked 14th in the league offensively in the last five games, 16th in the last 10. I guess we've slipped a little bit. Um, I wouldn't – I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, I think we've probably played some uh, half-decent defensive teams in that realm. And I think we're trying to integrate Derek in, which actually clogs things up a little bit. That off the offensive lineup has not played very well. Off uh, starting lineup has not played very well offensively yet. Do you think Coach Snyder's a candidate for Coach of the Year? Certainly a candidate, but there's only one, so it's a very difficult award to get, as we learned with Jerry. Um, I'm not answering what my off se- What's your prediction for the Jazz overall in the off season? I don't. I don't get it. Um, Feels like this is a question in vogue right now, but if you're a franchise drafting a player in the next 10 years, who do you take? Preseason opinion was Towns, but after seeing Giannis and Embiid, uh, hard not to say both of them right now. Go ahead with Cat. What does Rudy fit in with these young bigs? The others are so offensively talented. That's the one separator on Rudy. Uh, Davis, Embiid, Przingis, Cat. I know this offensive game isn't much in comparison, but his impact on the franchise. Um Anthony Davis deserves to be up there. I wish he was a little more consistent night in and night out. He kind of he ebbs and flows a little bit. Uh, Embiid, I'm still worried about his health, so I wouldn't put him on the list. I still think I would probably put Carl Anthony Towns near the top of that young big list. Um, I'll take Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, any of those guys too. I don't need the next generation yet. Giannis is incredible. Uh, I just moved back to Utah from Nolan. I've seen firsthand the injury issues, management inconsistency of the Pelicans. I realize this is a stretch, but with the Pelicans seemingly need to rebuild and the Jazz facing looming contracts decision, is there any way Nolan listens to an offer for Davis centered around Faves, Hood, Exum, multiple first-rounders? I can't imagine. I mean, if we could get him, you do. I mean, I think you unload everything to get him. Um, I think it would take Rudy. Um, maybe not. Maybe you can do it otherwise, but I – I mean, you call, you call and ask because Anthony Davis is one of those superstar players. And unless Anthony Davis is told New Orleans he's not re-signing, ever want to be there, uh, I, I can't imagine that you would you would continue that you would have any chance. Um, Jimmer's dominating China. Do you ever see him getting back in the NBA? No, he's not an NBA player. Sean Bergston, why did Alex grow a beard? Because um, he looks hot and sexy. Uh, Dylan Corbidge, I've heard a lot of hype about this year's draft. Do you, is it all realistic for the Jazz to end up with a decent chance at a pick of one of the players that may be good in this draft? Or is our timing likely just imperfect for the draft? I'm really happy with this team we have, but big draft hype always gets me curious. You know I'm smiling, right? Like, I don't know. It's a fine question, but it's January 19th. We've won like four in a row where every question has been free agency and draft. Every question. I mean, I guess that's what it, that's, but it's interesting. I don't, I am not critical at all. I just find it really interesting that that's what being a fan. I mean, that's partially I'm thinking of as someone who hosts a locked on podcast network that our off season numbers are going to be bigger than our in season numbers because that's where the interest level is. It's really interesting. Um, I don't know anything about this draft 
And I don't believe in draft hype after the Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Dante X, and Marcus Smart, Noel Vonley draft. That was supposed to be like the greatest draft after. It sucks. It's like become, it's awful. Like seriously, we, we talked about that as the greatest draft. Like game-changing, tank for generations draft, right? It's terrible. Like, I mean, there are, I'll, I'll pull it up. I think that was, what, 2014? So Andrew Wiggins is okay. Like, he might not ever be an all-star. He's good. He scores. Jabari, I think, has a chance to be great. Joel Embiid, we'll see. Like, it's terrific. Aaron Gordon? I love him, but Dante? Marcus Smart is shooting 35% less well than Dante? Julius Randle? Nick Stauskas? Noah Vonley? Alfred Payton's terrible? Doug McDermott? Dario Sarge? Zach Levine's good. 13th pick. TJ Warren? Adrian Payne? Nope. Yusuf Nurchik? Maybe. James Young? No. Tyler Ennis? No. James Young got cut, didn't he? Maybe he's still into it. Gary Harris? Mitch McGrady? Jordan Adams out of league already. Rodney Hood? 23rd pick? Like, that was like the draft of the generation. Everyone's tanking for the draft. The draft of a generation. Greatest. So I don't believe draft type anymore. I'll watch the players myself and decide afterwards. Who do you think will be voted an all-star first? Gordon Hayward or Rudy Gobert? I think it'll be Gordon. I think he'll make it. I think Rudy will be the last guy out. Kevin Pelton did his analysis last night. I think it's coming out sometime today. I think he has Rudy in and Gordon out. Uh, It's very close for both of them. How come everyone says Carmelo's a great offensive player to the numbers support it? He's a very high-level scorer. But I think it's a good question of whether he's that good an offensive player. I cannot introduce you to Joe Ingles. I do not host a music show now. Um, will you please consider voice coaching lessons? Every year at this point, your voice begins to fail. Um, well, it has to do with I do too much stuff. So you're absolutely right. I'm trying to work on it. It's doing too many podcasts, too many other things, too many radio interviews, too much stuff. Um, so you're absolutely right. Uh, do you think that too many 30-minute podcasts? Uh, you mentioned earlier this year we would have to keep an eye on Rudy and make sure he would sustain his impressive performances. Uh, he's blown me away. Completely, utterly, 100% blown me away. Uh, is favors just as valuable as when we re-signed him? No, I'm sure he's, I mean, off the injuries, he's probably not. If he gets healthy, he probably is. You know, it's interesting, by the way, on the idea of you sign Derek, re-sign Derek Favors or George Hill, and you might actually have to make a decision on those two. Uh, which one do you believe is um, – which, which, which position, point guard or power forward, helps you win a championship? Which one's more important to winning a championship? I know which one's more important than getting you through a regular season. Which one helps you win a championship? We'll leave it on that. You can chew on that for a little bit. That is Locked on Jazz Live Facebook edition, brought to you by Shamrock Auto Group. Give Rob a call. Uh, they're located, Shamrock Auto Group is located at 203 North, 2000 West. 2000 West is the same road as North County Boulevard when you head out there, just off exit 275 in Pleasant Grove. So stop by. Check them out. Give Rob a call. See what he can find for you. 801-319-2250 if you know a specific car you're looking for. See if he can find it for you. New, Nearly new cars, barely used cars, Utah County Assault Vehicles, they're all there for you. 
the Shamrock Auto Group, doing great work for you and sponsoring Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, you've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. Right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.